Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Bros Podcast. This is episode 14 and today what we're going to do is run through my NBA playoff predictions. So technically the NBA season is not over yet as you know there is still a play-in tournament that needs to be played for the 8th position but what I'm going to be doing right now is assuming that the top 8 seeds at the present are going to be the 8 seeds in the playoffs and that is very likely as the 9 and 10 seeds have a pretty difficult route to get into that play-in game into that playoff spot after those play-in games so yeah we're just going to roll with these top eight right now and assume everything lines up about the same so starting in the eastern conference right now i'll just roll through the seedings and then we'll go through every single individual matchup so eastern conference with the first seed we have the philadelphia 76ers sitting at a record of 47 wins and 21 losses then we have the brooklyn nets in second place They have 44 wins and 24 losses. Coming in at 3, we have the Milwaukee Bucks, who have 43 wins and 24 losses. At 4, we have the New York Knicks with 38 wins and 30 losses. So the top 4 teams in the conference, they get the home court advantage. So that's something to keep in mind there. Moving on to number 5, we have the Atlanta Hawks, who are sitting at 37 wins and 31 losses. Uh, At number 6, the team with the identical record but they have a the Hawks have a tiebreaker over the Heat Uh, so yeah Miami Heat coming in at number six at 37 and 31 exact same record shows that the Hawks have a tiebreaker over them this season coming in at number seven we have the Boston Celtics they are 35 and 33 and finally at the number eight position we have the Charlotte Hornets who come in at 33 wins and 35 losses now In this uh, scenario right here, we have the Washington Wizards coming in at number 9. They have a record of 32 wins and 36 losses. Uh, Actually, for my prediction, I believe that the Washington Wizards uh, have been really hot as of late. They're 7-3 in their last 10 games. You know, they got back Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, and they're both looking in really great form. So I think that the Washington Wizards are actually going to overtake the Charlotte Hornets for that 8th seed. So, for the first playoff series that matchup we have the one versus eight seed and that would be the philadelphia 76ers versus the washington wizards philadelphia 76ers they've been playing really great basketball you know that duo of joel Embiid and um, ben simmons they've been playing really well this season and um, it'll be interesting to see how they match up against the washington wizards a team that's been in red hot form lately overall you know the 76ers despite some injuries to guys like Embiid. They've been pretty steady throughout the season, and that definitely works to their advantage as they're one of the better teams in the NBA. Uh, Speaking of stats, they have Joel Embiid, who's having a near-MVP campaign. Uh, I would say he's definitely top five in that MVP race. Joel Embiid, in 49 games played, is averaging 29 points per game to go along with 10.7 rebounds and 1.4 blocks. Uh, Overall, Embiid's definitely been the best player for the 76ers. He's been someone that they can rely on in the uh, in the offensive game, especially down low, but he's also developed a bit of a three-point shot, which is helping him to stretch the floor as well. Moving on, we have Tobias Harris, who's averaging 19.5 points per game to go along with 6.8 rebounds and 3.6 assists. And then finally, Ben Simmons, 14.3 points per game to go along with 7.3 rebounds and 7 assists per game. These are some of the biggest guys on that team. And uh, overall, 
uh, these three guys are basically the people that are surrounded, that are like the core of the team in terms of offense, especially. Uh, They're also surrounded by really great shooters uh, in the form of Shake Milton, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Furkan Korklaas, and Tyrese Maxey. All of these guys are guys that can go into the game and shoot, and that's definitely going to play to the 76ers' advantage because guys like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, they don't have a consistent three-point shot, to surround, but to surround them by shooters, that makes the 76ers a very dangerous team. Now, moving on to the Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards obviously have their main duo in Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. The Washington Wizards are a team that were looking like they were out of playoff contention, but as of late have had a really great surge, a really big surge, where they've been playing some of their best basketball. So, the leading scorer on this team is Bradley Beal, who is actually the leading scorer in the NBA. Him and Seth Curry at the moment are going back and forth. So, uh, as of this podcast, Bradley Beal is the leader, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Seth Curry over Steph Curry overtake him. Right now, Bradley Beal is averaging 31.4 points per game to go along with 4.7 rebounds and 4.4 assists. He's having an overall really great season in terms of scoring. You know, from everywhere he shoots threes, he gets to the bucket, he shoots mid-range. Uh, Bradley Beal is a really dynamic player that you love to have in the playoffs, something that, someone that you can really rely on. Moving on, his teammate, Russell Westbrook, he's averaging 22 points per game while grabbing 11.6 rebounds and 11.5 assists. This is just Russell Westbrook's stats. He's looking the best he has in his career, averaging another triple-double season. And um, yeah, overall, Russell Westbrook, he's been playing some of his best basketball. So this is the guard combo for the Washington Wizards. They have Russell Westbrook at point guard and Bradley Beal at shooting guard. And then they surround them with some nice big men and some shooters. You got Thomas Bryant, who's coming in as a center, averaging 14 points a game. And then guys like Rui Hachimura, who also averaged... 14 and can shoot pretty well at the power forward position and then final guy that really rounds out this team would be Davis Bertans he's a guy that comes off the bench normally uh, after Denny uh, Avdiha both of these guys are foreign players that can really shoot the ball and offer a really great size at the small forward position so the Washington Wizards have a really strong duo up front and then they're surrounded by a couple of key players but overall, I think the 76ers are just too strong, and they get past this Washington Wizards team. And I think that the 76ers can handle this Wizards team in five games. So 4-1, the 76ers win this series. The next team that we have here is probably the most interesting team in all of basketball this season, and that is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets were a team that came in having really great core in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Then they made the biggest trade, um, probably in NBA history, to acquire James Harden from the Houston Rockets, giving up a lot of draft capital and a lot of young players. So, looking at this Brooklyn Nets team, they are beyond stacked. Uh, They have their three main guys in Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. And it's been tough to see all of them playing together this season, but overall, each of them is having a pretty great year. And uh, Kevin Durant is the leading scorer on this basketball team. He has 28.2 points per game to go along with 7.1 rebounds and 5.2 assists. Kyrie Irving, he's been averaging 27.4 points per game while grabbing 4.8 rebounds and 6.2 assists. Finally, James Harden, he's been averaging 25.4 points per game and he has been 
grabbing 8.7 rebounds while dishing out 11 assists. When all three of these guys are on the court, the Brooklyn Nets are a very dangerous team. They're really just a three-headed monster of three of the best offensively skilled players in NBA history, and it's going to be really hard to stop them. When you look at who they're surrounded by, uh, you got guys like Joe Harris, shooters, then you have guys like Blake Griffin who can rebound and defend. And uh, overall, this is definitely a very scary team, a team that you probably do not want to see in the playoffs, so that number seven seed is very unlucky. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah, guys like DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin are there for rebounding and size, and then Bruce Brown, Landry Shamit, Joe Harris, they're the shooters that you surround these main guys with. And I think overall, the Brooklyn are one of the most dangerous teams just because of that three-headed duo that they have. You know, each of them can drop 30 any given night, and um, it just makes them offensively probably the best, one of the better teams in the league at the minimum. And uh, right now, as it stands, they're going to be playing the Boston Celtics in the first round. Boston Celtics are a team that had a lot of expectations surrounded by them, and um it was really disappointing to see how they fell this season. Um, overall, they did come back to secure a spot in the playoffs. You know, they stabilized a little bit towards the end. But um, yeah, with a team with this type of talent, you, you were definitely expecting a lot more. Uh, led by the two main forwards, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum averages 26.3 points per game while grabbing 7.3 rebounds and just four assists. And Jalen Brown... He averages 24.7 points per game while grabbing 6 rebounds and dishing out 3.4 assists. Uh, the offense definitely runs through both of these guys, and um, both can definitely play some defense as well. I think the Boston Celtics have a really great supporting cast around these guys. They got uh, guards in Kyrie Walker, uh, sorry, Kemba Walker, who averages 18.9 points per game and, gra and throws out 5 assists. Marcus Smart, who averages 13.1 points per game, dishes out 5.7 assists coming off the bench, uh, usually. And he is also one of the better defenders on this team. And then Evan Fournier, the new, uh, new acquisition from the Orlando Magic, he's been averaging 12 points per game on pretty good three-point shooting numbers. And then some big men on this team would be Robert Williams, Tristan Thompson, and uh, yeah, overall... They have a really strong uh, duo in Jalen Brown and Jason, Jason Tatum. And then uh, they have some good supporting cast players. Uh, overall, I think the Boston Celtics as a number seven seed is not doing them justice. They're definitely more talented than that. And the unlucky thing for them is that they have to play the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. Um, in most matchups, I would say the Boston Celtics have a really great chance of winning. But just against that talent of the Brooklyn Nets team, it's going to be very tough for them to win. Overall, I think they do match up pretty well. You know, you got Marcus Smart on Kyrie Irving, putting in really good minutes on defense. And then Jalen Brown probably gets stuck on a guy like James Harden. But I think even with that, you know, Kevin Durant, he's probably going to have someone like Jason Tatum on him. And that's somewhere that Kevin Durant can definitely go to work because Jason Tatum is more known for his offensive game. And uh, yeah, overall, I think the Brooklyn Nets just have too many offensive weapons to, for the Celtics to be able to stop. And I give them this series in six games. 4-2 to two, Brooklyn Nets over the Boston Celtics. Moving on to the 3-6 versus six matchup. At the 3 seed, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks are a team that you see year in and year out. 
finishing at these top positions due to the play of Giannis Antetokounmpo. And this season, we've seen that Giannis has pretty good supporting cast around him, which led them to their 43-24 and 24 record. Giannis definitely the main guy on this team. He's been averaging 28.2 points per game to go along with 11.1 rebounds and 6 assists. And also because of his size, he gets 1.2 steals and 1.3 blocks per game. He's surrounded by the really great guard combo of uh, Drew Holiday, who's a point guard. He averages 17.7 points a game on really great three-point shooting numbers and also is a very great defender. Definitely one of those top five guys in the Defensive Player of the Year race. And then the other guard is Dante DiVincenzo. He averages 10 points per game but offers really great shooting. And then at the small forward position, you got Chris Middleton. He pours in 20 buckets a game, 20 points a game, and he does that on very great shooting numbers. And then you're surrounded by big men like Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis, both of whom can definitely score the basketball and offer a really great size and length down low. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are definitely a very talented team. They have a really great starting five. Their bench is looking a little bit thin, but overall, I think in the playoffs, you know, smaller rotations, the Bucks definitely have a really great team. The Milwaukee Bucks in previous years have shown a tendency to kind of choke in the playoffs. They'll have higher seeds and lose to lower seeds when you're expected to make the finals or, you know, the Eastern Conference finals and the championship. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks fans are usually left disappointed, but this season, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. At the moment, they have a matchup against the Miami Heat. The Heat are definitely one of the best teams in the NBA. They have a lot of depth, they have a lot of size, and um, because of that, I think this is going to be a really great matchup between uh, the Heat and the Bucks. Overall, the Miami Heat are led by uh, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is their small forward. He averages 21.6 points per game while grabbing 7 rebounds and dishing out 7.2 assists. And he is a very great defender for this basketball team. Moving on, we have Bam Adebayo as that second player that provides that one-two punch. He's a, a big man. He comes down low. 19 points per game to go along with 9 rebounds and 5.3 assists. He um, definitely creates that really nice inside-outside combo for Jimmy Butler. And then surround them, by shoot, surround them with shooters like Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, and Duncan Robinson. And you have a really strong core right there. Overall, I think this is going to be one of the better series in the playoffs because uh, just of how well these teams match up together, you know, two tall length guys in Bam Adebayo and Giannis Antetokounmpo going at it, I think that's a really excellent matchup. And then uh, overall, just really strong guard play from both of these teams. Um, for me right here, I think the Miami Heat have been playing pretty well as of late. And I think Jimmy Butler in the playoffs can definitely take over on a game, you know. If you got Bam Adebayo on Giannis Antetokounmpo and you stick a guy like Butler on Chris Middleton, then there's going to be some problems on that Milwaukee Bucks offense. And because of that, I think the Miami Heat win this series in seven games. So we have that 6-3 upset coming in here. Now finally, going to that 4-5 matchup. Right now in the fourth seed are a really great story in the NBA, the New York Knicks. The Knicks are a team that, uh, you know, are a very big market. They play at the Madison Square Garden. But year in and year out, it's been seen that they've had a lot of struggles. You know, just a lot of seasons where they've been drafting wrong. They can't really build a core. They can't lure in big free agents when they're expected to, being such a big market organization. 
but this season the things have really changed. They picked up Julius Randle, who's been definitely their best player, put some key acquisitions in guys like RJ Barrett, Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly. They're all working towards the Knicks' favor. Like I said, Julius Randle is the best player on this team. He's leading the team in points, 24 rebounds, 10.3, and assists, 5.9. And um, yeah, he does all of this at the power forward position, offering really great size and ability to stretch the floor. Then he's surrounded by guys like RJ Barrett, who come in and put 17.7 points per game in aid of Julius Randle. And then Derrick Rose, who's been coming off the bench in a really great role for the Knicks. He's been averaging 15 points per game on 40% three-point shooting, and he's been uh, a real difference maker coming off the bench for this team. Then surround them, uh, surround these guys with people like Emmanuel Quickly. He's a rookie coming in. He's been shooting really great this season. Reggie Bullock, he's a small forward who can definitely shoot. And then Mitchell Robinson, he's a really big, uh, really big player who can grab a lot of rebounds. You know, he averages 8.3 points per game and 8.1 rebounds. He's just a really great supporting guy for Julius Randle and the rest of this basketball team. So yeah, I think the Knicks have a couple of strong players that can definitely lead them in this playoff run. And right now, it's looking like they'll have a matchup against the five-seeded Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are a team that are um, normally in the middle of the pack. They've had some up and down seasons in the past. You know, they had that one season with Kyle Korver, uh, Jeff Teague, Al Horford, Paul Millsap, where they had a ton of all-stars and they had a really great run. And then before getting Trey Burke, they had a couple of, uh, sorry, before getting Trey Young, they had a couple of down seasons. But now with Trey Young, they're looking like a very, very dangerous team. Trey Young is a guy that's averaging 25.4 points per game to go along with 9.5 assists. He's one of the most dangerous scorers as well as one of the better passers in this league. Assisting him, there's actually a lot of guys on this team that contribute. You have guys like John Collins at the power forward position. He averages 17.6 points per game and also grabs 7.5 rebounds. Then to round out the uh, forward position, you got Dan DeAndre Hunter, he averaged 16 points per game on pretty good shooting. And then Bojan Bogdanovic, Bogdan Bogdanovic is the shooting guard for this team. He averages 16 points per game. He's been coming off the bench a little bit, starting a little bit. But him and Kevin Huerta, they kind of rotate at that starting shooting guard position. And both of them can definitely offer really great shooting numbers. And then finally, down low, you have Clint Capella, who's just a really big, big man. He averages 15.3 points per game and grabs 14.3 rebounds while also getting 2.1 blocks per game. This is a team that's really strong in their starting lineup. They offer great size with John Collins and Clint Capella, but also really great shooting in Trey Young, Hunter, and uh, Bogdanovich. Even going further than that, they have a really strong bench in Tony Snell. He's the best three-point shooter in the league this season based on percentage. Uh, and then they also have guys like Danilo Gallinari, can definitely score the ball. I think just given the depth of this team that they beat the New York Knicks, although it will definitely be a really close series because of uh, the Hawks, they don't have too much experience. The Knicks, they probably have more experienced guys in Derrick Rose, and they're definitely more equipped to handle the playoffs, but I think the Hawks' three-point shooting ability as well as their size is going to be a problem uh, for this New York Knicks team. And I think that this series will either go to six or seven games, 
just playing on the safe side, I will say seven games. And I say that the Atlanta Hawks beat the New York Knicks in seven. So that is all of the first round matchups done. And that sets up matchups between the one-seeded 76ers versus the five-seeded Atlanta Hawks. And then the two-seeded Brooklyn Nets versus the six-seeded Miami Heat. Now that I've talked about the teams, I'll do a little bit quicker rounds this time in giving my predictions. So, Philadelphia 76ers versus the Atlanta Hawks. I think that the 76ers win this in five games. Overall, uh, against Embiid, they match up pretty well in Clint Capella. But I think uh, when you have guys like Ben Simmons that can dominate the game and then surround him by shooters and cork mods and Seth Curry, uh, I think the Hawks' defense just isn't strong enough to handle that. They're not really equipped as a defensive team to handle these high-powered offensive teams. They can definitely hold their own on offense, which is why I do give them one game. But overall, I think the 76ers are too strong on defense to allow Trey Young to do too much damage to the team. So because of that, I have the 76ers moving on in five games to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then in that 2-6 matchup between the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat, I give this game to the Brooklyn Nets in five as well. The Miami Heat are a great team. They have a good perimeter defender in Jimmy Butler. But I think the Brooklyn Nets just have too many weapons. Again, even if you can guard one guy, even if you can guard two guys, there's still guys on that team that can definitely blow up. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Any given night, any one of these guys can take over the game. And I think that's what's going to happen in the playoffs just because they have that mentality and ability. So yeah, I say that the Brooklyn Nets beat the Miami Heat in five to set up a one versus two matchup in the finals. In this game... Um, I think overall it's going to be really interesting to see. My, the Philadelphia 76ers have a very talented big man in Joel Embiid. To guard him, the Nets have Jared Allen. I think Joel is going to be able to do a lot of work. But on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you have Ben Simmons. That can probably match up against Kevin Durant. But then against Kyrie Irving and James Harden, you don't have those elite defender abilities. And I think... It's just going to be a case of the Brooklyn Nets being able to score more than the Philadelphia 76ers. It'll be a really great series, and I think the Brooklyn Nets win this in six or seven games. Right here on the safe side, again, I'll just say the Brooklyn Nets win in seven to reach the NBA Finals. Overall, the Nets are just a team that has so many offensive weapons. And when you surround them with a couple of guys off the bench and in the starting lineup that can defend and shoot, uh, they're just one of the most dangerous teams in the league and because of that I think that they win the Eastern Conference and reach the final game. Now let's move on to the Western Conference. In the Western Conference right now the seeding reads out like this. One seed Utah Jazz their 50 wins and 18 losses. Number two Phoenix Suns 48 wins 20 losses. Number three Los Angeles Clippers 45 wins 23 losses. New York Nuggets uh, sorry, Denver Nuggets, 44 wins, 24 losses. Number 5, Dallas Mavericks, 40 wins, 28 losses. Number 6, Portland Trailblazers, 39 wins, 29 losses. Number 7, Los Angeles Lakers, 38 wins, 30 losses. And Golden State Warriors coming in at number 8 with 35 wins and 33 losses. I don't expect this playoff matchup to change with the play-in tournament. So let's get straight into the matchups. In the first game, we have the number one versus number eight seed, and that will be the Utah Jazz versus the Golden State Warriors. 
definitely going to be a really great matchup to see. You know, Steph Curry does end up making it to the playoffs. And uh, that's just going to be a really great um, thing to see because it was thought that he might miss the playoffs after starting out pretty rough this season. But eventually the team came back and um, they're going to be a challenge to this number one Jazz team. The Jazz have the best record in the NBA and that's because of their strong core. Their best player is definitely Donovan Mitchell who averages 26.4 points per game along with 5.2 assists. The, big, the biggest supporter to him is Rudy Gobert who offers size, rebounding, and defending. He averages 14.3 points per game to go along with 13.3 rebounds and 2.8 blocks. He's been a defensive player of the year in the past and he's still definitely playing at a very high caliber on defense. Surrounding him are shooters and Mike Conley who averages 16.4 points per game. He was in the three-point shooting contest and then Bojan Bogdanovic. This guy uh, just dropped in 48 points the other night and he just showed how much of a threat he is in shooting the basketball. Then, you know, coming off the bench, you have guys like Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, who can pour in buckets. Jordan Clarkson averages 17.7 points per game, the highest number out of all bench players in the NBA. And then Joe Ingles, he's shown over the, over the course of his career that he's a really reliable shooter. I think overall, this Utah Jazz team has a lot of weapons that play to their advantage. They're one of the most dangerous shooting teams in the league. And uh, add that with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's defense. And I think that they're a very strong team. Now they match up against Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Um, Steph Curry has shown at times this season that he can definitely put the team on his back and take over games. Uh, unfortunately, I think that this matchup against the Jazz is an unlucky one for him because overall this Jazz team is so strong in so many different aspects. I think if you stick Donovan Mitchell on Curry, he's going to create some problems. Steph Curry, him and Bradley Beal, again, like I said, are going back and forth for the scoring title this season. Right now he's in second place, averaging 31.3 points per game uh, to go along with 5.5 rebounds and 5.7 assists. He's definitely the leader on this team. He shoots a three-pointer at above 43%, and he's a guy that can go off any given night. I think if you put a guy like Donovan Mitchell on him, uh, his numbers are definitely going to go down, but you can never keep Steph Curry out of a basketball game. Surrounding him are guys like Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, both of whom are averaging 18.3 points and 15.4 points, respectively. Um, both of these guys have had on and off seasons. Uh, sometimes they can shoot the three-point ball really well. Other times they've come up cold. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the playoffs. Along with that, they have uh, big men in James Wiseman, the rookie. He's been having a pretty solid season, averaging 11.5 points and six rebounds a game. And then finally, in that starting lineup, you have Draymond Green, who averages 6.8 points per game to go along with 7.1 rebounds and 8.8 assists, while offering really great defensive help. Overall, I think this team is pretty strong in its offensive lineup when Wiggins and Oubre can play, but off the bench, they're a little bit thin. Obviously, in the playoffs, you have a little bit, uh, you, you don't need your depth as much as uh, the shorter rotations, except I think this is going to be a bad thing for the Warriors because the Utah Jazz, they have a league-leading bench in terms of scoring. They got Jordan Clarkson coming off of the bench, and he can pour in buckets at any given time. I think this is going to hurt the Warriors, and I think the Warriors lose to the Jazz in five. Moving on, we have the two versus seven matchup. And this is going to be one of the better matchups in the NBA playoffs. 
We have the Phoenix Suns versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Starting with the Phoenix Suns, the Suns are a team that have been pretty surprising this season, I would say. Uh, the Phoenix Suns weren't really a team that was expected to place this high. Some people even had them missing the playoffs, but here they are uh, securing the second seed and having really great individual seasons for some of their players. Namely, we got Devin Booker as the scoring anchor for this team. He averages 25.5 points per game on very great shooting numbers. Chris Paul, the acquisition for the Suns, who has been a really big difference maker, has averaged 16.2 points per game to go along with 8.9 assists. He's definitely been a difference maker in this Phoenix Suns team, and I think he fits in really well with their scheme and concept. Moving on, big man DeAndre Ayton. After having a couple down years, he's definitely shown out. He's averaging 14.5 points per game to go along with 10.6 rebounds. Surround them with guys like Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jade Crowder, and Dario Saric. I think that's a really strong core that you have coming off the bench in terms of shooting and defense. Uh, you know, Bridges and Crowder are both guys that are really great in the 3 and D game, and I think the Phoenix Suns have one of the strongest rosters in the league. Unluckily for them, they're going to have to play the Los Angeles Lakers in round one, and this is going to be just a nightmare matchup for them. The Lakers are a team that are definitely uh, one of the top teams in the league and in the Western Conference. Uh, unlucky for them, LeBron James and Anthony Davis have been suffering injuries all throughout this season, which is what caused them to have moved down to that seventh seed. But overall, they're led by James and Davis. LeBron James averages 20 point, 25 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, and 8 assists per game, which is really great to see at this stage in his career. Anthony Davis puts in 22 points per game to go along with 8 rebounds, and he offers great defense, picking up 1.2 steals per game and 1.8 blocks. Supporting them are guys like Dennis Schroeder, who averages 15.5 points per game, along with 5.8 assists, and Kyle Kuzma. He averages 12.8 points per game on pretty great shooting numbers while also offering size. Off the bench, they have a lot of veteran presence in guys like Andre Drummond, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Ben McLemore, Taylor Horton-Tucker, and Markeith Morris. I think overall... This team is one that has really great depth and really great experience, and they're going to trouble the Phoenix Suns for sure. I just think that the Phoenix Suns have been playing so well this season, it will be tough for the Lakers to get past them because the Suns, they can shoot, they can defend, and they have pretty good veteran leadership with Chris Paul and then just pure scoring ability with Devin Booker. This is Devin Booker's first playoff series, and I don't think he's going to let it go to waste. So I think that the Phoenix Suns slide past the Los Angeles Lakers in seven games. After this, we go to the three versus six matchup. The three seed in the Western Conference is the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers have a very uh, big duo in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, the two players that they run by. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are both very skilled offensively, but the best thing about their game, something that's uh, definitely an added bonus, is the defense that they offer. Both of them have good size and uh, can definitely guard the opposing team's best players. For scoring, Kawhi Leonard averages 25 points per game, so along with 6.6 .6 rebounds and 5.1 assists. And uh, Paul George, he averages 23.6 points per game on 5.0 or sorry, 6.6 .6 rebounds and 5.2 assists. Both of these guys play small forward and shooting guard respectively, and they offer really great size. Both of them being above six foot eight 
and um, really great length at the position. And overall, I think they're two of the more dangerous players in the league in the, fa in the fact that they can score inside and outside, both having really great three-point jumpers to go along with their defensive threat. Surrounding them are guys like Marcus Morris, who is one of the league leaders in three-point shooting. Lou Williams, who comes in off the bench. He's been a sixth man of the year in his career in the past. And he definitely shows that on this team, providing a spark off the bench. And then big men like Serge Ibaka, Ivaka Zubox are also in the supporting cast for this team. The Los Angeles Clippers are a very strong team. They showed that throughout the course of this season, you know, flirting with that two seed and the one seed at times. But right now they've settled into that three seed position and led by Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they're one of the most dangerous teams in the league. Matching up against this Clippers team is the Portland Trailblazers. Portland is a team that is also led by two main guys, except rather than a uh, front court combo, uh, rather than a forward combo, we have a guard combo here. The Portland Trailblazers are led by Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Lillard is a guy that season in, season out, always pours in buckets, and that's what he's doing again. He's top five in the NBA in scoring, number four right now, and he averages 28.6 points per game to go along with 7.6 assists. In his aid, we have CJ McCollum. He averages 22.8 points per game, along with 4.7 rebounds. Supporting them, you have veteran Carmelo Anthony, along with big men in Ennis Cancer and Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, Cancer provides more offense, Nurkic provides more rebounding and defense. Overall, I think they have a really great um, core uh, surrounding. The, those guys, you have Norman Powell, who's a really great shooter, who averages 17 points per game. And then Robert Covington, 8.5 points per game on pretty good shooting. Overall, this team is uh, based upon Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. You know, those are the two keystones, the centerpieces for this team. And uh, when you surround them by guys that can score, but also defend and rebound, it makes the Blazers one of the more scary teams to watch out for in the NBA playoffs. Overall, I think that the Clippers have looked pretty steady throughout this season. Uh, you know, securing that third seed, they have a pretty good record in 45 and 23. And I think the Trailblazers will take them to six games. But overall, the Clippers will win this series four games to two. So that leads us to our final first round matchup. And that would be the Denver Nuggets versus the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, now, this is a very interesting matchup because, uh, you know, I've been talking about dangerous teams at those lower seeded positions, but the Dallas Mavericks definitely have to be on top of that list. But I will get to them in one second. Let's start off with the Denver Nuggets. Now the Nuggets, they have, uh, in my opinion, the league MVP in Nikola Jokic. Jokic is the main guy on this team. And what Jokic does is he provides really great size. At the center position, he has really great raw skills, which leads him to average 26.4 points per game along with 10.8 rebounds and 8.5 assists, which is crazy numbers for a big man, you know, to get 8.5 assists while also putting in that many shots. Now, the number two player for Jamal, for Nikola Jokic was Jamal Murray, but unfortunately Murray is out for the season after injuring his leg, so that just uh, is a really big hit to this Nuggets team, but as of late, they've shown that they can definitely adapt and uh, survive and succeed without Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr., uh, in specific, has had an exceptional season, especially when Jamal Murray has gone out. He's averaging 19.2 points per game to go along with 7.4 rebounds on really great shooting numbers. He shoots above 40% from the three-point line. 
and then surrounding them you have guys like Will Barton, Monte Morris, and then their acquisition in Aaron Gordon. That's probably the biggest name on this list. Aaron Gordon, he's been averaging 10 points per game along with 5 rebounds and overall he just offers great hustle and uh, just another scorer that can uh, definitely do a lot of great things when the ball is in his hands. Overall, uh, I really like this Denver Nuggets team. Unfortunately, that Jamal Murray injury is definitely going to be a hit. Even though guys have been stepping up and they have continued to win games, uh, this Jamal Murray injury is definitely going to hurt them in the playoffs. The team that they play against is the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks are a guy that, uh, similar to the Nuggets, you know, the Nuggets have a current MVP in Jokic. He, he will probably win this season. The Dallas Mavericks have a future MVP in Luka Doncic. Luka has shown what he can do over the past three years, his first three years in the career, in his career, and um, this season he's been averaging 28.2 points per game to go along with 8 rebounds and 8.7 assists. And the biggest part of his game is that he's an inside-outside scorer. You know, he's improved his three-point percentage this year to go above 35%, and that's just a really great aspect of his game where he can score a lot and is also one of the be best passers in the league. Supporting him is Kristaps Porzingis, who averages 20.2 points per game on 9.1 rebounds. And then coming off the bench, the Mavericks have the second leading scorer in the NBA in terms of bench points per game in Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, so supporting them are defenders in Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, and um, all these guys are guys that provide defense and three-point shooting, which is what makes them very dangerous. If the Dallas Mavericks can defend, then I believe that they have a very great chance in this game, uh, in this series, actually. But overall, I think the Nikola Jokic fact is going to be one of the biggest ones. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith, probably the best defender on the Dallas Mavericks. He can definitely match up against Michael Porter Jr. But when you look at who's there to guard Nikola Jokic, you're probably going to have Maxi Cleaver. Cleaver is a pretty good defender, but he's a bit undersized for you. Um, maybe sticking a guy like Powell on Nikola Jokic would be a better move. But overall, I think Jokic can definitely take over this series. The Mavericks are a very dangerous team. Last year, they took the LA Clippers to six games even without Kristaps in a few of those games, just because of their high-level offense. I think their offense is going to show out this season again in this playoffs, and they'll take the Nuggets to seven games, but the Denver Nuggets will come out on top four to three. Now, contrary to the Eastern Conference rankings, in these Western Conference rankings, I actually picked all four of the top seeds, um, also, this makes this makes some sense as in the Eastern Conference is a lot more tightly contested across all of the seeds, but in the Western Conference, the first four seeds definitely have uh, a record advantage over the last four seeds. So, in the first matchup of the second round for the Western Conference, we have the Utah Jazz versus the Denver Nuggets. I think this is a really great matchup for the Utah Jazz as uh, against the Nuggets, they have Rudy Gobert, former Defensive Player of the Year, to match up against Nikola Jokic. And then uh, just the scoring capabilities of this team, I think it's going to be hard for the Nuggets to defend against the Utah Jazz. Because of that, the Utah Jazz, a great offensive and defensive team, uh, when you stop the opposition's best player, you put yourself in good position. And because of that, I have the Utah Jazz winning this series in six games. Definitely going to be missing Jamal Murray. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are. And um, yeah, overall, Utah Jazz, I have them making the Western Conference Finals.
Joining them in the Western Conference Finals will be the winner of the Phoenix Suns and Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers are a team that have been known to choke in uh, later rounds of the playoffs. You know, they've never really made a championship game. They've never won a championship, and it's one of the biggest uh, jokes surrounding that team this season. I think that will that will change. Um, overall, Devin Booker is definitely the best scorer on that Phoenix Suns team, but I think when you stick a guy like Paul George or Kawhi Leonard on Devin Booker, it's going to be very hard for him to get open and score the basketball. Chris Paul is definitely going to do all he can. It'll definitely be a very close and intense series, but I think the Clippers front court duo in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will be too hard for the Phoenix Suns to defend and to score on. I think Mikhail Bridges and Devin Booker are going to be guarded by Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and both of those guys are two of the top contributors to this team, so it'll be definitely hard for them to score. The factors where they can definitely make a difference is in point guard and center. At point guard, Chris Paul definitely outplays the uh, Los Angeles Clippers' Reggie Jackson, and then at center, the Clippers usually run with a guy like Ivaka Zubox, uh, Ivica Zubox or Serge Ibaka, and I think DeAndre Ayton is definitely more skilled than those guys. I think Zubox and Ibaka have more experience than Ayton, and because of that, will have an upper hand. So I give the Clippers this series in seven games against the Phoenix Suns. Definitely a close one to watch out for. And then for the Western Conference Finals, we have a matchup between the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers. Here, I have the Utah Jazz beating the Los Angeles Clippers, and that's primarily because of their overall team play, especially coming off the bench. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers have really great starters in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, they can definitely guard guys like Donovan Mitchell. So I think when you come off the bench, you have someone like Jordan Clarkson coming in off the bench, Bogdanovich, um, Joe Ingles, just too many shooters on this team for the Clippers to be able to deal with. Uh, it'll definitely be an interesting series because I think the Clippers do match up fairly well against the Jazz. I just think overall the Jazz have more talented players. You know, they have more players with more talent. They'll have deeper rotations, less fatigue, stuff like that. So I think the Jazz will end up winning this series in seven games. And finally, to top things off, we have the NBA championship between the Utah Jazz and the Brooklyn Nets. In this series, uh, I think it will be a very interesting one, but I will have to give it to the Brooklyn Nets just because the Utah Jazz, um, at the small forward and power forward position, they have more scorers rather than defenders, and that's definitely going to hurt them. You know, Donovan Mitchell can guard Kyrie Irving or James Harden, but then you don't really have someone to guard. Uh, Kevin Durant, and I think you definitely need someone to be able to guard all three guys, you know, one elite defender for each player, but the Utah Jazz don't really seem to have that, and uh, because of that, you know, despite having Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year in past seasons, um, I think he won't have the opportunity to dominate as uh, he, he definitely can't match up against guys like Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving just because of size, and I think uh, matchup-wise, then the Brooklyn Nets have an advantage here, and because of that, it's going to lead them to victory in this series. I say, I say that the Brooklyn Nets win this series in six games to become the NBA champions. Obviously, the NBA playoffs are very unpredictable, and there's a lot of great teams that are involved, so it'll be interesting to monitor how every single team does and who ends up winning. We're only a couple weeks out of the NBA playoffs, 
So I'm very excited to see that uh, happen. Very excited to see that begin. You know, it won't be like it was last year, which was in a bubble. This season, we're going to have legit NBA playoffs with home court advantages and everything involved. And I think it'll be very interesting to see how some of these teams play out. You know, some of these lower-seeded teams are very dangerous. With the Lakers, the Warriors, you know, Lakers with uh, LeBron, AD, Warriors with Curry, and then teams like the Celtics, who have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown uh, in the Eastern Conference, they're also very dangerous. Overall, there's a lot of very talented players in these playoffs who have the chance, who have the opportunity to make a name for themselves, opportunity to take over games, and I think it'll be a very, very great NBA playoffs. There's, uh, I've been looking at a lot of predictions, and there's been just a lot of different opinions regarding who's going to win these NBA playoffs. So that just goes to show how unpredictable these playoffs are going to be and how um, you really can't count any team out right now in these playoffs because every team offers something unique in terms of scoring or defense or shooting. So all of those factors are going to combine to create a very interesting NBA playoffs. But you have my winner, Brooklyn Nets, from the Eastern Conference. Um, thank you guys for listening. And um, I will see you in the next episode.